welcome back to Monocycle. It's me, your pal, Leandra, Nadine, or Cohen, which you would totally understand if you had listened to episode six about choice. I'm shaking my head like a bratty 14-year-old, you know, like swaying it back and forth. Speaking of bratty 14-year-olds, Fashion Week started yesterday, which means that it's officially day two of the event that may or may not continue forward into the foreseeable future. CFDA, which is the Council of Fashion Designers of America, has this theory that Fashion Week is no longer relevant because who needs to see clothes six months in advance if they want to buy them already? Of course, this doesn't make sense for all designers because the initial purpose of Fashion Week, when you think about it at its core, was to present collections, which ultimately mean opinions, six months before their time. And you weren't supposed to necessarily understand those ideas or opinions as they were coming out, nor were you really to want to wear them. It really was a sort of like forecasting tool. But with the introduction of contemporary and the American market largely being run by contemporary, what we're finding is that you don't need to see clothing at a certain price point six months before you can get it. It's like nothing is worse than sitting at a show and feeling like, oh my God, I need this now, I need this now, I need this now, because ultimately you can't have it for six more months. And then you know what happens in six months? You don't need it anymore. Fashion week is funny, you know? Because it seems so fancy and exclusive and you're not allowed in unless you're in with a capital I-N. And I can really distinctly recall the first show that I was ever invited to. I think the year was like 2011, which means that I'd probably been running Man Repeller for about six months. And the show was Tibby. And I was given a front row seat and the publicist of Tibby emailed me and asked if I wanted to be dressed for the show and then said I could keep the clothes after the show, which sounded like the most exciting and outrageous gift that a person could ever get. Anyway, that night I went to the show and I sat front row and I just thought to myself, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be like. Like super bright lights and celebrities everywhere and video cameras and microphones and it was unlike anything I'd ever been invited to participate in before, which was really, really cool. Um, But anyway, so I sat down, the show took about 30 minutes to start, and then what I found is that about 30 seconds after sitting down and the show starting, it was over. I had no clue that a traditional runway show only lasts for like eight minutes. And then once I did figure it out, I was like, oh, that's how shows happen on the hour every hour. Because the only thing they're factoring in is traffic time to get from point A to point B. See, the thing that I also distinctly remember about that show is that in looking across the runway, what I noticed were all of these editors who I'd been familiar with, who I could recognize from other publications that I really, really admired. And I I thought to myself, here are all these people sitting in rows that are higher than the one that I'm in. So second, third, fourth, fifth row, even standing. And I was just thinking to myself, do I deserve to be sitting in this front row seat? There was sort of this element of embarrassment. And for as much fun as that show was because I wasn't quite quote-unquote working shows yet, I started to realize as the seasons progressed and I started to get invited to more and more shows that the 
not necessarily the industry is very weird, but the mechanics of the way that a fashion show works really is. And it took me about four or five seasons to start to feel like I really earned my seat. And I guess that's kind of the thing about Fashion Week and fashion shows, is that it's sort of this biannual event that makes you feel like you're back at finals week or something. Like you've spent the entire semester working really, really hard, and this is the event whose grade is going to be the most reflective of your performance all year. But I think the point here is that as time progresses and the harder you work and the better you feel about the work that you're putting out, you start to feel more and more like you earned your seat. So in some ways, it does still feel kind of like a meritocracy. Although I don't know if the experience that I'm speaking from is correlated directly to the fact that I was really self-conscious about the fact that as a blogger, I was probably only being tapped to attend shows because of my dense social media following. And I never really wanted that to be the case. I wanted to be a fixture at these shows because I had an opinion that was worth being heard. And I had eyes that were worth seeing an unobstructed view so that I could make that opinion and share that opinion. And I hope that that's being brought forward. But I don't know. You know better if it is, right? Actually, I do know. I think I'm going to try this new thing where I stop saying I don't know for a little while. Like, why are we always doubting ourselves? I remember, so even though Tibby was the first show that I was invited to, when I was studying abroad in Paris, I snuck into a Christian Dior show. When Dior used to show at the Tuileries Gardens and John Galliano was still designing for the house. And I snuck in through the back and I stood in the back and I watched as all of these editors just looked like they were in such an enchanted trance, looking at the clothes and seeing something that I couldn't see because they seemed so intellectual. You would have assumed that they were looking at like molecules under a microscope and trying to determine whether or not they just found the cure for cancer. And I wondered if I was ever going to be the kind of person who sat in the front row of a show and like fell into that trance. I wondered if other people were going to look at me and wonder like, what is she thinking? And what is it going to take for me to think what she's thinking? I often think about that experience and how I felt when I was standing in the back in that tent in the Tuileries Gardens. And I would say that probably in the last three or four seasons, I've been feeling more and more like I deserve to be at shows. And the first time I realized this was when I was sitting at a Narciso Rodriguez show, which always happens at 8 p.m. on the Tuesday of Fashion Week. Um, And the first one I went to was really intimidating because I was, you know, I'm sitting in the second row and I was really happy to be in the second row and not the first row because I felt like I could blend in better. And I look across the runway and I see Kathy Horn on one end and Vanessa Friedman on the other and there's Grace Coddington and Anna Wintour and the whole Vogue row. I was so nervous and self-conscious about them seeing me. I was wearing a pair of camp socks with like black buckle wedges, black buckle wedge sandals and these like ratty Uniqlo jeans that I'd cut myself and this big leopard faux fur coat and I just, I totally wish that I had changed into like sleek black trousers and a pair of pumps before coming. And that thought process really concerned me because I would never wear sleek black trousers and a pair of pumps. That's just not me. So I thought about that and that, that was really interesting. I just, I felt like a leopard, frankly, who was trying to change their spots. 
And so that made me wonder, is this, is this really where I want to be? Is this really the industry that I want to be in? I don't feel like I'm allowed to be myself. It's like when you start a job, you spend the first three months that you're there hoping that you're not going to be figured out as a dingbat. You know, it's like you work so hard to get this job and then you finally get it and you're like, oh my God, when are they going to realize they made a mistake and hired the wrong person? When in reality, they didn't hire the wrong person. You got that job because you're fucking smart. You got that job because you deserved it, right? I thought about what that, that feeling was. And it was just a matter of lack of experience. Hard work, frankly, pays off, you know? If you work hard enough and you feel good enough about the work, you get to earn the confidence that lets you walk around without your head down. You know what I mean? And that's a lesson that can be applied wherever you want to take it. Presentation really more and more, to me, seems like everything. You know, the way you present yourself is so indicative of who you're ultimately going to be, who you ultimately are, whether or not it's actually true in relation to who you think you are. Of course, I'm not telling you to be arrogant. There's a certain humility that you can't discard when you consider trying to build your own confidence. And so it's really important to remain vulnerable, which we've spoken about a lot. I've been reading all of these books about how to be a better me, and I just ordered this one called The Motivation Manifesto about unleashing your inner greatness. And it all sounds so platitudinous and kind of silly, but I'm so open to it and so curious about what it looks like. And I think that in order to want to self-improve, you have to maintain a level of vulnerability, right? I don't know if I'm getting too off topic now and kind of confusing you and if this is like deviating off the fashion week track. And I don't know if what you want to hear is sort of like advice to penetrate the industry. I think the best advice I could give you if that's what you're curious about is to be honest and be yourself. Take whatever job they'll give you. You know, one leg in is still one appendage closer to in than two legs out. But let's assume that you're not attending any shows, right? That you're not going to be at Fashion Week, that you don't really care to be at Fashion Week, but that there's something to this notion of feeling like you've earned your position. What keeps coming up for me is definitely the sort of level of intimidation that you feel for people who are in higher rankings than you are. What, what makes them better than you? What makes you feel lesser than them? And if you think about it and really break it apart, ultimately you'll find that there's kind of nothing that makes them better or you lesser. Ultimately, we're all humans, right? We come in the same way and we walk out the same way. If you think about humanity at like a baseline level, you're a person, I'm a person, and that's that, what you'll find is that you kind of have nothing to be afraid of. The intimidation that a person invokes and that that they uh, bring up about themselves, that's totally self-manufactured. That's a byproduct of the way that other people treat them. That does not necessarily need to be the way that you treat them. You know what I mean? And this is something that my friend Aram, who used to edit a lot of videos for us at Man Repeller, taught me. When we were interviewing Jenna Lyons for the first episode of the chat room, I was so nervous to talk to her because she had been such a career role model for me for so long and she was so cool and so trendy and so chic and I'd never had a conversation with her and I was so nervous and had mocked up all of these questions and this entire interview like series and set and 
RM looked at me and he was like, what are you so nervous about, Leandra? You're cool. She's cool. And even if that wasn't the case, you're both still human. Like, who cares? Just talk to her like she's any other person. Like, she's me. Because what makes her different from me anyway? And it really, really stuck with me. And I was like, yeah, we're all just people. What's the big deal? The fanfare that surrounds some people is totally fanfare that they have built. And that's cool and great. And if you want to build that fanfare around yourself, by all means, go for it. But there is no reason reason that someone else can't come around and try to break that fanfare, you know, or just interpret you differently and present themselves to you differently. And I think that's really encouraged. I think reminding yourself that people are just people really, really helps you to break down the barriers um, that elicit the self-doubt that you create in yourself, you know? Sometimes thinking about that relieves me so much. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the architect, You know, because it's so easy to get caught up in thinking, like, what is the world doing to me? Why is this happening? Is the universe playing a trick on me? And then I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it works. The universe is not tricking me. I'm the architect. So I have to build if what I want is a different kind of house. I have to preserve if what I want is this house. And I have to demolish if what I want is a different house. You know what I mean? But how do we bring this back to Fashion Week, right? Do we need to bring this back to Fashion Week? If we're talking about what's on my docket for this week, I have to say that the biggest source of stress for me isn't the shows or writing the reviews simultaneously while I'm both at the shows and in between the shows, but it's really continuing to move the wheels of Man Repeller while I'm working. You know, Fashion Week used to be such an overwhelming and anxious time for me, and then Man Repeller got so real, and as a result of Man Repeller getting real, it's sort of become this reprieve from the world of working. Um, But we're hiring so many positions, which I mentioned last week, and if you'd like a job at Man Repeller, please email careers at manrepeller.com. We're hiring a COO, a senior account executive, an editorial director, and a media planner. So if you're interested, you know who to hit up. Um... But so I've got a lot of meetings set up with different candidates, and I think the most stressful thing for me this week is sort of trying to figure out when I have to turn the creative on and when I have to turn the business on. And for me, the creative is just so much more satisfying to have on. To turn the business side of my head on is much easier because it seems like a very pragmatic motion. It's a process. But with creative, you sort of need to manipulate yourself, flirt with yourself, like massage your mind into that mode. And so to have to toggle the two, just it sort of feels like owning two Instagram accounts. You know how like on Twitter you can really easily toggle? It's like one minute you're your company's Twitter, the next minute you're your own Twitter just by pressing that one button. But on Instagram, if you're manning two accounts, you have to like log out and then sign back in. It feels a lot more like that. It's like this annoying methodical process that you don't want to have to deal with. And that's kind of going through my head right now. What is motivating me to continue forward and what I'm probably most excited about, which I'm like vaguely embarrassed to admit, but I'm just going to anyway in the interest of honesty, is putting outfits on. I'm really excited to get dressed. I haven't been... I haven't been around or feeling really good about how I look for a bit, but I think I figured out what I want to look like and how I'm going to dress. So we're recording this on a Monday. It's going live on a Friday. If you've already seen pictures of me in a black coat with a red scarf and black pants with red pockets with white sneakers and a beanie and a choker on, then you know that 
the first outfit I put together was a successful put-together. If you see me in a tweed navy jacket with light-washed jeans and a multicolored shearling coat over, you'll know that outfit two was also a successful win. And I won't share much more because we still have six days in front of us. But outfits, man. It always comes back down to the clothes, and you know why? Because the clothes aren't about the clothes. They're about the identity that you're putting on. They're about the choices that you're making, about the way the world is going to see you, and about the way you want the world to see you. It's such a beautiful manipulation that we can control. And gosh, just the power that is... The power that is insinuated... By making the choice to either wear a coat or not is so pungent that you could cut it with Hercules' sword. I don't know if that would be Hercules or Hercules's, but... I guess the good thing about this podcast is that we're always open to feedback, so you let me know what you think. And then don't forget to give us a five-star rating. Let me know what you thought of this episode and if you liked the tempo. Cut to me holding my fist out, yelling, not my tempo. And if you are, in fact, doing that a la whiplash, please send a selfie. Okay, I'll see you next week. I love you so much. And it's Valentine's Day on Sunday, so if you want to hang out, I'm around. I'd love to get some goat milk ice cream with you. And then we could watch bad TV. So much love.